Hello and welcome to the Dietitian Insights podcast show. For those who don't know me, I am Rashonda Thornton, your host. As I'm getting ready to introduce introduce you to my guest, I want to throw a few things in line. Uh, one of the things that we're going to start off with my play to win uh, moments that we're going to do right before each uh, interview. That way you have all uh, good news or information about ways you can live your own personal journey of your life, nutrition life, as well as hearing conversations from others. Uh, so as you're about to jump into this, I want to recognize Prairie Farms uh, specifically right now. Um, we It is officially getting closer to summer. Um, and guess what that means? It means time to open up and grab our favorite ice cream. One thing about Prairie Farm is that they are known for their family-owned farms and they actually have a small batch line um, that they have over 29 flavors and all of their ice creams are 100% milk. They pride themselves on not having any artificial hormones and they're also highly committed to sustainability practices as well as uh, animal care. And again, no antibiotics. Go to their website, grab a couple of coupons, and try some of their highly proclaimed ice cream flavors. Um, and you also learn more about um, their practices and their commitment that they're for the community and ways that they're trying to highlight the COVID and how they're trying to help. Go to their website at prairiefarms.com or follow them on IG at Prairie Farms. So, question for you. Uh, when you wake up in the morning, what is the first thing that you think about? Um, is it just taking a deep breath and, and hearing the birds sing and, and absorbing the moment of just being able to wake up freshly uh, feeling um, good? Or is it the first thing that jumps in your mind is, you know, what are, you know, some of the negative things that are happening in your life or, you know, how is your health or questioning just, you know, is it a negative, positive thought process when you're waking up in the morning? And for those, you know, I know that perhaps it's not, um, especially if you are on a journey to, um, incorporated healthy living. Um, a lot of times <laughs> I've had clients that have called me and say the first thing they wake up in the morning feeling is what are the rules they have to follow and you know how hard is this day going to be and I tell you you know when it comes to the, your mindset and how you're approaching your healthy living you know you don't want to wake up in the morning with those negative thoughts. That's why I like to define, you know, what kind of life are we living? You know, when you are in your health journey and if you are, if you're choosing a diet, you know, what is your diet life? What is the diet life? You know, what is it that you're thinking up in the morning when you're waking up? Is it something related to, you know, what you should eat and what you shouldn't? I'll tell you one thing, you know, the diet life, <laughs> I call it that. It's because a lot of us, when we jump into that mindset and to, you know, jump into following our new plan that's the thought process that we start having and to me it reminds me of just bird cages just being in a cage you can see all around you but you're feeling constraints where you can't um, choose to do anything outside of what's outside of the plan also the diet um, the diet life is also the mindset of how long do I have to do this you know, how long would it take before I reach that number? How long is it, is it until that vacation? Now, what is the time frame when I can just take a deep breath and live my life the way I want to? And also the diet life is about where's the finish line at? You know, how long will I have to run on this on this path? Of, or how fast, you know, when can I be done? It's all about setting parameters around also what we cannot do. We always think about what I can't, I can't, I can't, deprivation, deprivation. That is the diet life. So perhaps again, you know, with the mindset, let's switch the health journey and start looking at it as the enriching life. The enriching life is, is the complete opposite. The enriching life is freedom, it's confidence, it's awaiting opportunities, not dreading to see the challenges. You know, when you are in your mode where you're deciding to make healthy choices, 
the moment there is a party, the moment there is a weekend, the moment there is an event where you know you're going to be surrounded by foods, that dread feeling comes about. And so the enriching life is actually the opposite. It's not looking to dread that this is going to be a challenge. I'm going to have to really buckle down. It's more so going to be, this is an opportunity where I can still choose to make healthier choices for myself in light of what we're all surrounded by. Um, you know why we live that diet life is because we feel that's going to give us happiness. That's on the other side. And again, not thinking about, not thinking about enriching, but a diet life, you know, does that really happen? You know, are you actually happy? You know, once you lose the 20, 30 pounds, are you happy? And if so, how long? Because a lot of times when we do lose that weight, we're like struggling just to keep it off. And to me, none of that equates to happiness. So again, focusing your mindset on enrichment, enriching versus feeling like there's a diet life is where you wanna go with this. Um, I look at the diet life as a chain of commands where you have to follow everything to the T. And the moment you stare away, then everything's a wash, right? How many times have you thrown your hands up in disgust or thrown your hands up and just been discouraged from, I just can't do this, I just can't do this. And guess what, when you tell yourself those things, that's exactly what happens. You know, diets, you know, they discourage us, they make us feel failure. They start bringing on those negative uh, thought process. And guess what, it starts to create that snowball effect. We're going in a backwards direction. You know, it's not like we were just falling backwards and falling backwards and we're going deeper and deeper into a hole that we cannot do. So in order to live that enriching life is what I've been preaching. It's about, as I've always said, we had to shift our mindset and center it around first learning just about our bodies. We have to take a moment to learn about our bodies and learn about who we are. And then taking a moment to really, really learn about nutrition. You know, I'm not saying grab a textbook, you know, go take a couple of nutrition courses, but I'm saying just start to understand what is it that you're putting in your body. Decide not to wear the blinders. Decide to open up and just learn what is that you're feeding your body with. And then once you learn your body and you learn nutrition, now learn how can they live together. Because guess what? Your food, your nutrition will be with you for the rest of your life. So you will be with it together. So learning them both individually and being able to marry them together, this is going to create a new untapped concept of how you can actually live an enriching life. So I say shift. In order to shift, in order to think differently, you know, I said, think about ourselves, think about our nutrition, and then find a way to put them together. <laughs> that definitely is the formula, but what are the steps to create that actual reality? Um, I, I say, I say it all the time, is that we have to start thinking of ourselves in first person um, and in third person. When I say learn about ourselves, we got to think about ourselves as far as what are we putting in our body? Is it serving, you know, is it, is it serving us? You know, is it gonna help us to feel good about ourselves that we're making these decisions? You know, so start thinking about yourself. You know, when you follow that, you don't think about yourself. You think about what I need to follow to order to change this outcome versus what am I putting in my body that's best for myself? And not just what, but what amount, you know, how often, what am I choosing to, um, uh, to, to, to uh, collaborate with or to uh, or just make a part of me. And a lot of times we don't think that way. Um, then talking in third person, you know, I do it a lot. I ask myself, do, you know, does Rashonda really need that? Or does that serve her happiness? And if you step outside of yourself and ask yourself those questions, you will actually know the answer. And then you can use it as your, as your, your argument as to why you should choose to perhaps serve yourself better and serve your health and your body better. 
when you start to look at yourself in first person as who I am and actually start to have that conversation with the third person, which is talking to yourself, you know, you start to recognize um, that your actions start to reflect how you feel about yourself. Um, and when that does, when that happens, that changes your actions because you recognize how are you treating yourself? You know, when you're in a diet world or diet life, you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about, I need to do whatever I need to do to change this body without considering how are you caring for yourself? How can you start making those conversations, change the way you think and start thinking about, I'm making a choice because I care about myself. And so my choices are a reflection, a pure reflection of how I care about myself. So be intentional in making your nutrition choices. Don't feel like you have to follow some rules. There are no rules. The rules should be like, what do you want for yourself? But in order for you to follow those rules, you actually have to learn a little bit about nutrition. So actually take time and invest in learning what fits for your body and what serves your body best. Because I promise you, you take care of your body, it will definitely take care of you physically, emotionally. And like I said, you're going to have nutrition for the rest of your life. So how can you start putting those things in order so that you can live in harmony with your life? Not only with your life, but an enriching life. Hope that helps you guys give you guys some nuggets because we're in a tough world right now, especially considering our environment and our health right now. So let's start shifting the way we think and start loving ourselves and making those food choices accordingly. Um, so I'm about to um, get ready to invite and invite you to introduce you to my uh, to my podcast guest. Uh, but before I do, I want to throw in one more company that I highly respect. Um, they have been around since day one. Um, actually, I was in the store the other day and I saw their products in the store and I just smiled because I just love what they stand for. I love their products and I know they're all um, everything is done to help others to have a healthy life. There, the company is called Banner Road. You've heard of me talk about them before. Banner Road Baking Company. Uh, right now, it may be tough to get into those grocery stores and pick up some of their products, but they have a huge online presence where you can order anything that you want, individual or in bulk sizes. Right now, they have gift ba gift. Um, boxes that you can match, match your favorite flavors, your different sizes that you want with your granola. Um, they even have a COVID relief uh, gift box. So you can send it on to someone that's afar from you, but you care about and you want to introduce them to some healthy, clean products. So going to Banner, going to their website at bannerrose.com, you'll be able to see their selection, see what their ingredients are made about and just kind of um, take it upon yourself and serve others by sending them some good, healthy granola. Uh, Banneroll is known for not taking any shortcuts, providing high nutrition ingredients, and keeping simple ingredients whole and fresh. Follow them also on Instagram, Banneroll. And again, their website is BanneroseBaking.com. No, it's just Banneroll's. <laughs> Banneroll's.com. Uh, stay tuned for my guest. Her name is Claire Chewing. Well, hello. I don't know if I should say good afternoon or good evening or good morning, but this is Rashonda Thornton, the host of the Dietitian is Diets podcast show. And I'm thrilled to um, introduce you to, she is a fellow dietitian. Um, not only is she a fellow dietitian, we are on the same wavelength in regards to how we uh, work with people, how we uh, speak to the masses about interacting and uh, redeveloping your relationship with food. Um, but I'm gonna give you a little bit of a, a little bit of who she is first, and I'll just kind of bring her on and welcome her onto the show. So, first and foremost, her name is Claire Chewing. Uh, she has coined herself as a non-diet dietitian. 
Um, and she owns, she's the owner and founder of a company called Yours Chewingly Nutrition. Uh, I love the name. <laughs> but being a dietitian, her main business is she is a, she, a lot of her work is virtual. So that means she's able to um, connect and work with people from not just where she lives, but across the country. What makes her unique is that she understands what it means um, when working with her clients and help them to reclaim a sense of confidence, um, joy and connection um, and peace, not just with their body, but their body and their, their relationship with food. Again, I feel like when I read her bio and when we talked um, a couple of weeks ago, we just kept echoing each other. But I do want to just introduce you homily to Claire Chewing. Welcome to the show today. Hi, Rashonda. Thank you so much for the intro. I'm really excited to, to be here and I couldn't agree more that we definitely see eye to eye on a lot of topics as dietitians. So I'm super excited to, to be here and have the opportunity to chat today. Yeah, yeah, you're so welcome. And uh, one thing I, you know, as a dietitian, and I'm sure you can probably connect and relate to this, you know, when, you know, a lot of people, you know, they don't really understand like the route dietitians take in regards to being in their profession. Um, and, you know, as dietitians, we're exposed to so many different areas of nutrition as far as the profession. And a lot of dietitians are, um, they go into clinical work or they go into food service work or they go into community work which are, is great because we need that plethora um, of specialist ex nutrition expertise in those spaces. But there is something to be said about um, peeling away a little bit from the common uh, theme of what dietitians typically do and just creating, learning from what you've learned in your experience, just kind of remolding yourself to perhaps there's other approaches as well. And how can you use that being an expert in nutrition and being able to kind of connect with people at another level? Um, and I say it to say is that, one of the things, one of the areas that you um, are known for and that you really thrive in is just introducing what intuitive eating is. And mm -hmm. I think sometimes that can be a buzzword. People are like, oh, just into, you know, intuitive eating. They may not really know like what it means or how to even apply it to their lives. And so I want to know like for you personally, like how did you even, as being a dietitian, how did you even decide to bring in that into the fold, that extra deep, dive in a little bit deeper and bring it into the um, component of intuitive eating? Yeah, I love that question and I couldn't agree more that intuitive eating is a very trendy thing that although it's been around for a very long time and the original book titled Intuitive Eating actually came out in 1995, I think now it's kind of in its heyday and people are talking about it a lot. So I couldn't agree more that it's a very popular and trending term. But to kind of answer your question as far as how I got into this and how I'm bringing it a little bit more into what I do in the nutrition space is I feel very fortunate and very lucky to have had an experience in a relationship with food when I was younger that was for hmm. lack of a better, better term, very intuitive, um, very awesome. <laughs> Again, for lack of a better term, I grew up in an environment where food was always talked about in a really positive way. Okay. Food was focal point for a lot of our family gatherings. Food was something that I experimented with from a young age. I have a dad who loves to cook and a mom who bakes. <laughs> so we got a little bit of the, the yin and the yang. So I just grew up loving food, loving holidays, loving different flavors and textures. I was never too much of a picky eater because I just wanted to be trying and experimenting Explore. with all of the things. But 
Ironically, as I got a little bit older, and of course, I decided to follow that passion and turn it into a career, when I got into all of the schooling components of mm -hmm. becoming a dietitian, all of the chemistries and the clinical nutrition classes, kind of like you were saying, I almost was taught a view of nutrition that was so different from what I grew up with. It was more numbers-based. It was more uh -huh. weight-focused. Yeah. It was even if it wasn't explicitly teaching me the good food, bad food, heavy air quotes there, but that mentality, mm -hmm. yeah. that's kind of what I was taking away from my schooling. So it was kind of ironic in my process in learning to become a dietitian and learn more about nutrition and help people with their nutrition and their health. I felt like my own relationship with food kind of took a back burner and took a turn in a not so positive way. So I reached the end okay. of my schooling. I'm sure you know this and dietitians know, but as you, you know, go through your internship and you get your credential, you kind of get to explore and see other sides of the field. And I really decided at that point that I hadn't really seen anything in my internship or my schooling that I wanted to do. I knew that I didn't necessarily want to work in food service or the clinical side because it was so numbers focused. So I yeah. decided let me create my own thing, kind of my own approach. And, and you know what, real quick, that's that's yeah. what I said. I, when I done all, when I've gone through all different rotations, I, I said I clear. I don't know exactly what I want to do, but I definitely know what I don't want to do within the field. Yeah. So I think we mm -hmm. kind of came out the same thought process. Yeah. 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 So I, you know, reached the end, and again, as you were saying, I knew exactly what I didn't want to do because I was not on board to teach an approach to food that, for me personally it was more harmful than it was helpful. So around that time, I discovered the book that I mentioned earlier. It's called Intuitive Eating by Evelyn Tribbley and Elise Rush. I did my own deep dive. I started learning. They have a training and a certification. So okay. it kind of all came together quite beautifully. And here I am, a dietitian, as you say, against diets, but also someone who takes an intuitive eating approach, not only in my own life, but with all of my, my clients and my social media following as well. Yeah. Now, did you find, and this is a quick question because I want, it just kind of like when you, when you meet someone that has similar approaches as you do, I'm curious, you know, did it, did it take a while to kind of, to, to, to help to uh, introduce a different approach, you know, introduce a different mindset, introduce a new connection that, you know, people, you know, are not taught to connect with their foods. They're not taught to connect with their body in that way. They're just taught to kind of follow a rule or insert a formula. So when you decide to create, to bring in this approach that's kind of going against the grain of status quo, did you find it difficult to help people to kind of, pick, I guess, for the light bulb to, you know, pop in their head like, hmm, this is something different. Or when, with intuitive eating, I guess that, was that kind of like your way that you kind of paved that road? Um, or how did yeah. that go when you first got into that part? Yeah. In a way, it has been very challenging because I love how you use the term of going against the grain or doing something unconventional because definitely as a dietitian, being an entrepreneur, that's not very conventional, right? That's kind of against the grain and then to add on top of that. And now I want to take an approach that is not what we are taught, that is not mainstream yet, at least. Um, it, it's definitely been a little bit of a learning experience to kind of educate, to say, this is what this is about. These are the 10 principles. You know, this is really what intuitive eating means and how it's so much more than what people might assume that it is on the outside. And then once you 
be educating, actually getting into the process of, well, how do we actually apply these principles? I call it an unlearning and a relearning process. So how do I unlearn all of this not so helpful stuff that I've learned to be true about food and my body? And then how do I relearn information that's more supportive of my health, both physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially? So I find that it can be a little bit more energy intensive in the beginning, just educating and kind of making sure you know, my clients are ready for it and getting them on board, but I am very fortunate to be able to say, I feel like a lot of the times, and this happened to me, it happens to all of my clients, but once you hear the intuitive eating message and you learn more about it, mm -hmm. you can't unhear it. Yeah, once it's there, it's there, and then it becomes a little bit easier from there, but definitely more effortful on the education side, the content creation side in the beginning, for sure. So for those who don't know what intuitive eating is, or let's say they didn't know about the book that was written 15 years ago, there's been, I'm sure, a lot of changes since 95, you know, or no, not 15, 25. 25. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So well, especially considering 25 years ago, yeah. kind of give like, what are the basics to intuitive eating as far as your approach? And like, for those who just, all they've heard of was the word but they really don't know what it means to even consider that thought process. Yeah, so when it comes to kind of defining intuitive eating, I do it two different ways. I say, here's my short definition and here's a, a little bit more of an involved one, but the, the short and simple one is if diet culture or, or dieting as a whole did not exist, intuitive eating would simply be called eating, right? It's a way of getting back to how we were all born eating when we were younger, feeling connected to our body's cues and our body's feedback, trusting our body's cues and our body's feedback, you know, knowing when we need to eat, knowing what foods we prefer, right? It's kind of like if you observe a baby or a child eating, right? That's a beautiful example of what an intuitive eater is and how they act around food. So my simple definition is if all this craziness around food and dieting didn't exist, intuitive eating would simply just be called eating. I'm a little bit more involved of an answer, kind of going back to that book that I mentioned, is intuitive mm -hmm. eating is actually a research-informed, health-at-every-size-aligned framework of 10 principles focused on mending our relationship to food, reconnecting to our body's cues, reconnecting to our preferences, and also talking about things like respecting our bodies and mm -hmm. finding joyful movement. So it definitely involves food, but it involves many other things that are related to our health. And those 10 principles were put forth by, of course, the pioneer women dietitians who go by the names of Evelyn Tribley and Elise Resch. So um, it's easy to kind of mistake intuitive eating for something else if we don't know, oh my gosh, it is a framework, it's research informed, it's health at every size align. But I love kind of taking a little bit of time to educate and say, it's actually a really big thing with a lot of different layers. We just got to kind of unpack it. And you know what's also interesting about that is that we're in a society that we're taught to just the quickest is the best. You know, close your eyes, drop it loose down and just follow the process and just get through it. And it's never a moment where we actually understand what the, what are we doing in the process. And like you said, you know, do understanding the component of you're bringing in that nutritious, more nutritious food because that's what you feel you do. that's what you know your body deserves that's what you know what you deserve and so you fall in love with that food it's good it's okay to say i love food i i say it all the time 
But I also, yeah. I love food because I know what it does for me, for my emotional, yeah. you know, for my health. And I connect with what I put in, you know, to my body, you know? And I think a lot of times people feel that's too, that's too much. That's too much to think about, too much to, to peel back. They don't want to peel back. They just want to see the results, you know, on the other yeah. side. And it's, and it's so much more to that, you know? So when you're talking about the intuitive eating, you know, I think that people, Again, they don't really understand that like, this is research-based. This is backed up for years. It's a framework to it. Um, they just may feel like, just give me the truncated version of it. Um, and unfortunately, that route, sometimes people are not ready to take that route, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure you've encountered clients like that. And viewers, listeners, we all have been there or know someone has been there, you know? And, you know, I think to me, I always try to help people to, you know, we're taught to meet them where they're at to get them where they want to go. And so when, you ha when you're having these conversations with particular clients that feel it's overwhelming, you know, mm -hmm. how do you help to kind of walk them through? Because everything is a process and there's no, there's no, there's no time frame in which you should do anything. You can't compare yourself to the next person. So how do you work with those clients to kind of help, help stare stuff them a little bit more to help as they're growing and evolving into their change? Yeah, I, I love this question. And too, it's one that I actually was talking to a client about earlier today, okay. <laughs> a couple of hours ago. It was one of our first sessions together and she was very open and honest and sharing. You know, she's newer to intuitive eating. We're definitely in that unlearning side of the process. And I was asking her, you know, how are you feeling about this? You know, what are you kind of hoping or expecting going in? And she shared with me kind of like you were saying, I feel excited. And at the same time, I feel a little bit overwhelmed looking at all of the things I want to do and all of the progress I want to make and all the topics I want to focus on. And first, you know, for anyone who is listening, I know I've been through this. I know you maybe have been through this as well, but I think it's so important to validate that kind of fear or that uncertainty first and foremost, right? It makes total sense why we might feel overwhelmed when we're, yeah, when we're faced with anything new, right? We don't need to say, uh, how dare I feel scared or, you know, why can't and I commit fully. It just makes a, a ton of sense why we might be feeling that way. And my advice to her, kind of what we spent the rest of our time talking about is, yeah, you're right. When you're feeling overwhelmed, it probably is because you have a lot of questions and you want to change a lot of things. You want to you know, tap into a lot of different habits. And at the same time, if we set too many goals or we dive into the deep end here on call one, the anxiety of overwhelm might do, be too yeah. much. And we might want to retreat. So mm -hmm. my recommendation and what I ended up doing with this client and what I do with all of my clients is we say, what's the next best thing that we can focus on that might feel really small and it might feel like it pales in comparison to all of the bigger things that you want to do, but we have to set our firm foundation first before sure. we can talk about those thousand other things. So, you know, I'll typically say, what is the one thing that we can do today? What's the one goal that we can set today that when we walk out of this call or this conversation, you're going to feel challenged and at the same time excited because you're confident that you can put forth the effort you need to kind of dive into this first step. And then once we have momentum and you've done this one thing that we can come back next week and ask, what do we add on, <laughs> right? You know, we don't make all of these huge changes and these big strides of progress 
overnight as diet culture would lead us to believe, right? Kind of like you were saying, the 30-day programs or the, you know, six weeks to X, Y, and Z, real, you know, change, especially when it comes to our relationship with food, takes time and patience and compassion. So my advice, when anyone is feeling that, you know, anxiety of overwhelm, what's the next best thing I can do? And what can I do today? One thing, simple thing. And then can I repeat it tomorrow? Can I do it the next day? Just kind of taking it one bite at a time, pun intended. Oh, there you I got it. <laughs> and that is that is one thing you said that resonated. And I think that a lot of, this is why we follow diets. This is why we follow these plans. This is why we follow these systems because of that confidence factor. We don't feel mm-hmm. confident that we can hold, we can maintain this new way of eating. And with confidence, it comes time, it comes education, mm-hmm. it's, it comes building that toolbox because that's how you're able to be confident in anything you do in life, right? You know, I always mm-hmm. use the analogy, you know, a lot of times when people, you know, get into a nutrition program, they feel like we already know that that magic word perfection is what we're striving for. When it's actually understanding that it takes time, it takes redoing things, it takes looking at as obstacles as opportunities, not as challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, like I always say, when you practice anything, it just it takes time and you get better at it and you get better at it. And it's that consistency is what you're building. That's the foundation. You're building that consistency in which you can stand on until when mm-hmm. you are at an area where you um, maybe have a little bit more polished off than you had six, seven months ago. Then, then you, then you, then you have that already like established, and then from there you build and you build. So I always say, you know, confidence. You know, a lot of times people don't move forward. They feel, they feel that they, they don't move forward. They feel like kind of like frozen uh, because mm-hmm. they don't know, you know, what they should do next. And then what happens? We default into our old habits. You know, mm-hmm. so I think that taking that time, you know building, building consistency, building that confidence so that they can stand on their own. And that's one thing, you know, helping clients to stand on their own is, is the goal for what oh, yeah. you and I are doing. We're not here to where you have to live, you have to be around us the entire time to be successful. No, we're helping you to see that you can be successful. You are able to do this. We're just equipping you with what you need to get you to where you want to be for your health, for your body, just for, just for happiness, you know? Yeah. I think that's I, something I, very important to consider when you're, you know, when you're working with clients or when you're working with anyone, you know, how can you build that confidence? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I'm, I'm smiling internally as you're saying this because you're, you, you took the words almost out of my mouth because I was going to add something as you were finished speaking, saying well, I tell all of my clients that when they're feeling ready to graduate, I call it like that's a celebration. Like I feel like a lot of clients kind of come into that saying, you know, oh, like, I'm sad to leave. Oh no. And I say, well, yeah, I'm sad we won't be speaking as much either. And at the same time, we can view you feeling confident enough to stand on your own. I love how you Mm -hmm. phrase that is the biggest celebration win of our time together, because if we were going to work together for the entirety of the rest of your life, I wouldn't be doing my job. (laughs) Right. And that wouldn't be what you signed up for. So I think there's so much to be said for, you know, being in relationship in a coaching relationship with a client where we're helping, you know, we're providing a roadmap, we're providing guidance, helping them to get curious. And at the same time, they, at the end of this journey, feel confident in continuing on their own. So they don't have to have 
coach or a dietitian for the rest of their life because they have the tools, their confidence is restored and they know how to trust in their body again. Like that's the ultimate win for me. And I'm sure maybe for you too, when you're working with a client, can we get to a place where you don't need me anymore? And that's what we're hoping for. Like I want to be the last dietitian you ever yes. need. Let this be your first and let this be your last time you have this, you know, going through this cycle, going through this yo-yo, like let look at your nutrition or look at us working together. This is going to be your last time. Because yep. that's the goal. It's not for it to just last for a short period of time and then we just swing back and forth, you know? Uh -huh. So I do yeah. like that. Now, I know that you have um, other, so you have like your pillars. What are, what are your mm -hmm. pillars in which you, you know, because I have my pillars too and I'll tell you about mine, but I want to hear yours yeah. first because then you compare notes. What are your pillars to, you know, your, your Chewily Nutrition? Yeah, um, I develop my pillar pillars, foundations. I use the word interchangeably. I love the visual that pillars give, right? You know, supporting this whole system. Um, but I developed this when I was first kind of charting out what a client journey was going to look like when a client was, you know, going to come into my program and work, you know, alongside me and we'd be working alongside each other. So I asked myself, how are we going to take a process like intuitive eating where we're not necessarily tracking metrics, right? We're not talking calories, we're not talking weight, kind of all of these typical air quotes there, measures of quote unquote success that we're taught in school to measure with clients. I started thinking to myself, well, if I'm not gonna be tracking that with my clients, if we're not using that to show progress or show success, and how in the world are we going to show this is where we were and this is where we are now and this is you know what we've spent our time doing together so um, my three pillars are titled eat gently move freely and love fiercely and these are the three general categories that clients and i will talk about the three categories in which we'll set goals to kind of keep us focused on what we're there to do as a team right we're there to help them improve mend and strengthen their relationship with food so that's the eat gently category we are here to have a positive and a nourished relationship with movement where we're enjoying movement we're using it as a celebration not a punishment, not an mm -hmm. obligation. So we talk about that in the move freely component and in love fiercely. We're talking about, well, what's your relationship with yourself like? How do you yeah. speak to yourself? Are you taking time for you? Are you, you know, incorporating self-caring behaviors into your life? Because if that isn't there, that's non-existent, we can't expect to be able to connect to our bodies and listen to our cues if we're not taking the time to show care and show respect, whatever that might look for the individual. So I created those three pillars as a way to make a process that sometimes feels a little bit intangible, <laughs> a little bit more tangible. So we can set these goals and we can really view and, and see progress in how we're feeling and in how we're talking to ourselves and how we're acting around food over time. But those are mine. I'm, I'm curious to hear yours since you hinted that you have something similar. Yeah. I, before I even go into that, I just love the, the, the love fiercely component uh -huh. because we have to just be relentless in, in loving ourselves and, and letting it be illustrated on how we care for our bodies, care for our health. You know, and I think just that being fear, being fear, fear, fearfully to me, it's just a, it's just a strong like word that can just yeah. be resonate. It can resonate in someone's like it to me. Those are mantras in a way. Like 
those, those are pillars, but those are pillars that they can let circulate in their thought processes, which helps them to evolve while they're going through this. You know, so totally. I, I think those are great. Yeah, I love well, them. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I use uh, a I use a play off of I guess I think about mantras. I think about like how can what can what are nuggets you can throw at someone to help them to kind of remember and let that like right. resonate in their head and over time it'll just it'll stay. Um, what I use is um, in order for us to to do this thing called healthy living, healthy nutrition, when we watch just food mm -hmm. on its own. You know, we have to implement, I, I say, I say it's three different things we have to continue to implement to keep this thing going. Um, and it's one, one is creativity, like uh -huh. being creative and how you're making your meals, making your snacks, looking up different things that keeps you like involved and keeps you looking forward to what you're eating. Cause you want to be, you don't want to feel like everything has to be black and white every single day. Yeah. I'm going to do the same. That's like, to me, life is about creativity and like being creative with your food and just like say, be okay with trying different textures and flavors. And you just never know what you find, you know, but that's how mm -hmm. you're going to continue to keep this, this ball rolling. Also diversity, like, so creativity and diversity, like, Mm -hmm. healthy food or healthy eating or a nutritious food it's a field an array of different colors and, and textures and, and and we always learn like we, when we got to start eating healthy we think oh this is gonna be eight foods and we'll circle myself around no it's a plethora of different types of food that mm -hmm. fall into that category of healthy clean eating but once you you only know that unless you till you learn till you are introduced to those foods so being able to diversify your food diversify your nutrition being creative and the last but not least is being in pro, is proactivity so creativity diversity and proactivity thinking ahead you know being ahead mm -hmm. of your foods being able to just kind of even just think through what are going to be your choices at any given situation or if your day is busy like think through always i would say be in front of your foods because if we if we don't be proactive we're going to mm -hmm. fall back into the same pattern of i'm just going to run to the gas station real quick i want to run to the vending machine real quick because we haven't really thought of it so it's just mm -hmm. like those are the three uh, ways i help people to like circle around how to be successful in making this a lifelong journey it's diversity creativity and being proactive yeah. yeah. And I think that's so helpful too in helping people to see the bigger picture when it comes to food and what, as you're saying, you know, healthy living can look like. I think you're so right that oftentimes when we hear that phrase, a lot of us are trained to see a very specific array of foods, maybe a limited mm -hmm. array of foods, but you're saying, no, we have all of these foods. We have a ton of different ways that we can prepare them, ways we can match them with our preferences. So, you know, something that I'm seeing a big similarity is just helping people to be excited about eating and nourishing their body. I feel like that really makes it a sustainable way of living and eating that we want to do more of and we want to come back to, right? That kind of excitement and satisfaction yeah, piece, I think they yeah. have to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of creativity, you have mm -hmm. been creative in your language. Um, I know there you you're using not just social media, but you're also using like different products. Like let's let's let us know about you know what your chewing is all about, and kind of give us like some of the things, some of the products you've been you've been able to incorporate your creativity into your practice. Yeah. So um, the the first one I think lies in the name, <laughs> Yours Truly Nutrition. I know I, I've shared this in some of our conversations, but I'm a huge fan of all things puns. I think I even made a pun earlier, didn't I, in our mm -hmm. conversation? Fun and I remember. Pun, so. <laughs> 
yeah, there you go. Uh, so yeah, my last name is Tuning. So when I was coming up with a name, I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to call it Yours Truly. And everything I write, everything I send out is kind of signed like a Yours Truly, but it's a Yours Truly, Claire. Um, so creativity and the name. I also love, love, love creating content for social media, be it a you know educational graphic or my latest endeavor is TikTok. <laughs> it's not just an app for tweens. It's very fun. You can okay. learn a lot on TikTok. So, you know, I love kind of incorporating the uh, trending sounds, the trending dances, and incorporating some nutrition knowledge or normalizing food or intuitive mm -hmm. eating behavior. Um, so I love doing that. And my more recent endeavor, the main thing that I spend my time doing that will remain a core thing in my business is client work. I love talking with clients and getting to know people one-on-one, -on -one, but a new endeavor and I've gotten into is merchandise. So okay. I kind of say, hey, if you want to, you know, live your intuitive eating journey and make peace with food, but also wear <laughs> your peace with food and, you know, wear that fun, loving relationship with food in your body. I have t-shirts, we have some stickers in the okay. works. So I do that. And I'm also a, a fellow podcaster as well. Yes, so it's a, a lot of different ways to kind of share the message and it it keeps me excited. We were talking about excitement a couple minutes ago, but it keeps me excited to have different platforms and different ways mm -hmm. of sharing. Yeah. And there's a diversification, right? You diversifying yep. your, your influence, you're diversifying your, your message because it's, I mean, I think that's the beauty that I, I love being a dietitian, but also on your own business and practice. You had a freedom to be, you bringing your creativity and you just able to kind of message send your message out in multiple ways and multiple platforms so I, I i really think it's great to what you're doing it just it just makes me smile because it's good to see other dietitians that are stepping out there representing the profession but also establishing those different relationships that are not typical when it comes to knowing what a dietitian is and what she does you know um so as we're getting ready to close um, i do all those things that you're talking about i want to make sure like your our audience knows how to learn more about you i heard that you have like a really big facebook group um that you have yep. i mean I, I i'm sure people would love to be you know know more about that i haven't really have the courage to do the TikTok thing but i want to start watching this so you gotta let us know how we can find you on TikTok. so right now just kind of give us all the information that anyone can reach you or hear about you and learn about your services Totally. Well, first and foremost, before I even go into that, I know I said thank you at the beginning, but also a big thank you again for having me. It's been a joy to be on here and, you know, hear your questions and then, you know, continue getting to know you. But if anyone who is listening wants to laugh with me on TikTok or laugh at me on TikTok, <laughs> both will be allowed. <laughs> Get involved in our Facebook community on all social media channels, be it Instagram or TikTok. It's simply my name. So at Claire Tuning. Um, it's kind okay. of like chewing with an extra N at the end there. Um, on Facebook, the group that you were referring to, it is a free private Facebook community. So all of my past and current clients in there, anyone who is just interested in learning more about intuitive eating, having a community of support behind them, that is the Yours Chewy Goal Slayers on Facebook. So people can look that up. Um, there is a brief application to join, which can be okay. found on my website. Um, that again is clairetuning.com. And once you go there, you'll see all the stuff, the Facebook group, you'll see the merchandise there. Okay. So really type in my name to the search bar on the internet and you'll find most of it. But the last yeah. one is the podcast is yeah. the Your Chuli podcast. 
Wow, you have a lot going on and I love it. The more we have dietitians that are doing these type of things, the more we're able to really change the, 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 the thought process of like how we've been, how we view food and our relationship with food um, for years. So I appreciate having you on this platform with me today. And I know those viewers and listeners that were a part of this, they heard some great information and I'm hoping that someone today would take that to apply to their lives. Um, and also don't be afraid to share this message, send it to someone that you know have those struggles with their relationship with themselves, which is reflected through their relationship with their nutrition and with their foods, because that's typically what it's all about. Um, again, Claire, thank you for coming on. Um, every guy, everyone out there, remember this platform is meant to not go against the idea, not go against what diets are, but the diet thinking process. Learn to love yourself, learn to love what you're putting in your body, and do it <clears throat> for self-care and for self-love. This is Rashonda Thornton, the Dietitian Against Diets. Talk to you guys again soon.